Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey listeners, I've put together a free Detox 101 class to help you become a little more informed and empowered over your health and healing journeys. Because some frequently asked questions I get around this subject of detoxification are, why do I need a detox? How do I detox efficiently and properly? And how do I know if I'm detoxifying too hard or too fast? To sign up for this free class, go to gutsy.ch forward slash detox 101. This class will be taught live May 17th at 6 p.m. MST, but the replay will be accessible afterwards. So make sure to sign up and watch at your convenience. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the show. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host Gina Warfel with me and I have Dr. Jay Davidson. And most of you probably don't know his name, but you know his company and his products. You are one of the co-founders, is that correct, of CellCore? Am I getting that right? This is such an honor and a treat to have him on the podcast. And a lot of my clients are very familiar with CellCore because I recommend CellCore a ton. And I don't really talk about it publicly on Instagram because because I don't want people just willy-nilly like detoxing themselves and then they're having like these overloads of detoxification. So I'm hoping Dr. J can educate us a little bit more about detoxification, but there's a few things that we want to talk about today. First, how did you guys start the company? Your products are so unique and we'd like to hear more of the science behind that. And then why in the world do we need to detox? Because unfortunately, there's a lot of sick people and when it comes down to it, like they're overburdened with toxins. And so I'm hoping we can kind of cover these questions today, Dr. J. So I would love you to introduce yourself, tell everyone your background, your story, and how CellCore was basically started. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. A lot. <laughs> um, you know, as you look at CellCore, we're a pretty young company, you know, depending on when this recording comes out. We were started June of 2017. So Dr. Todd Watts worked for about three, three and a half years on Para one Mimosa Pudica seed before he actually mm. came out with it June of 2017. And that's when I partnered with him. So company is, you know, relatively young, but mm-hmm. very fast growing just with the changes and results people are getting. And then yeah. obviously our very uh, intentionally disruptive education and, you know, the protocols and, and all of those things besides the science that we've really put together. So we have mm-hmm. about 130 team members at this time. So there's a lot, a lot going on uh, yeah. to say the least, but uh, just continuing to strive forward, move, grow, you know, uh, best try to take care of practitioners. And then obviously the, you know, patients or clients that they touch, like obviously the people that you impact every day. So the company was really formed on uh, Dr. Todd Watts and I just becoming friends. I was speaking at a seminar uh, on Lyme disease and hormones. And, you know, some guy at the end, they had a Q and a part asked a question. I was like, Oh, that's a really good question. You know, mm-hmm. then asked another question. I'm like, wow, either this guy's a jerk or he's really smart. Or he's a genius. And, uh, of course I got, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It turns out he's a, he's, he's a genius, you know, he's biochemistry, like guru and just super smart and just huge heart wanting to know, you know, the answers. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we became friends and he was showing me pictures of things people were getting out of them. And I was like, you know, and all the 
parasite cleansing, gut cleansing I've done. I've yeah. never seen these type of worms and this type of stuff come out of people. Mm-hmm. And so he sent me a bottle of what's para one, you know, mimosa pudica seed at the time, probably 20, 2015 or 2016. And mm-hmm. then within, I mean, 17 days, I was basically pulling these, you know, 12 inch dead worms out of my rear end. Oh, wow. It, it was one of those, you know, where it's just my stomach. I was actually at a conference. I wasn't speaking at this one and just my stomach kind of rumbling felt almost like a little anxious, you know, almost mm-hmm. like that clammy, you know, hand went to the bathroom as a looser stool. Then the next time I went to the bathroom, I like got, you know, I just sitting there and you're, you're going number two, which, you know, people don't usually talk about, but mm-hmm. you're going number two, you finish. And it was just this oh, came over me like, yeah. wow, I feel so much more relaxed. And I go mm-hmm. to wipe and I'm like, that didn't feel right. I look around <laughs> and, you know, there's these two dead worms hanging out of oh me into the toilet bowl gosh. water. And I yell, I yell over to my wife because she was in the hotel room too with my daughter who was mm-hmm. only three at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's almost, she's almost 10 now. And my daughter comes running over first. She's like, looks at me, looks down, looks at me. She's like, dad, why do you have string hanging from your butt? I'm like, Heather, you know, to my wife, get over here. And, you know, she was just like, oh, what? <laughs> like intrigued, but grossed out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, was, it was this moment where I was like, wait a minute. If I have these, a mm-hmm. relatively healthy guy, I've done mm-hmm. cleanses before. Who else has them? And at the time I was working with just tons of chronic Lyme disease yeah. clients. And I just basically said, call Dr. Todd Watts office. You're going to get this, you know, self-encapsulated bottle because Cellcor wasn't officially formed yet. Yeah. And uh, take it. And it was one of the most transformative things in a protocol that I'd ever seen. Wow. And so we just became friends. And then a while later, my brother uh, was at a, a conference with us and our wives happened to both be there, which is not normal. And my brother-in-law's like, hey, why don't you, you know, why don't you partner with Todd and come out with some better parasite stuff? And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And he said, oh, that's a great idea. And I'm like, I, I guess this is happening. That's literally mm-hmm. how, how it all began. <laughs> I love so that. With, that. with that story that you have, is that your, do you think everyone should just do it and just see what happens? Is there any yeah, risk with <laughs> just anyone doing it? Well, I, th- I really think the only risk is that you find out things that are living inside of you that uh-huh. you didn't know, you yeah. know, yeah. and and I'm always, I'm always on the aspect of, you know, that Pixar or whatever movie, uh, Shrek, mm-hmm. where he basically says, always better out than in. I, I mean, always that's, say that's, that. I always say that rather out than in. <laughs> that's yeah. So good. Yeah. I mean, that, that, so I just, I just the think gut that microbiome, it won't like negatively impact the gut microbiome if you just do it, but you don't need it. Oh, uh, well, if you don't need it, no, it won't. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if anything, it'll positively impact yeah. the microbiome. So it if you kind of good bacteria, no, if anything, leaving it in will actually damage the good bacteria. Mm-hmm. So like right. backtracking just a little bit on the microbiome, you know, we always hear about, I need good bugs. I need good bacteria, mm-hmm. but the bacteria gets messed up from chemicals, toxins, pollutants, poisons, or, you know, toxicants, if you want to get more technical. And so when there's a chemical exposure within the digestive tract, bacteria pleomorph or what's called pleomorphism, they'll actually change form. So what's good or commensal bacteria Mm -hmm. will change form into a pathogenic infectious type. So if somebody has gut issues where their microbiome's jacked up, it's because of poisons or chemicals. Now, can emotional stress impact the gut. Absolutely. Right. You like feel emotional. You're like, Oh, my tummy hurts. I can't eat. Yeah. There's a, there's a clear connection between the Mm -hmm. brain to gut. 
But in general, people struggle with actually getting good bacteria in their gut because the poisons are there. And because the poisons are there, the bacteria are constantly morphing into more a pathogenic infectious type to try to biodegrade the poison. And it's, it depends on the chemical as to depends on the strain or species of bacteria that's going to change and morph. But when somebody's like just taking probiotics or just taking, you know, drinking kombucha or eating Mm -hmm. sauerkraut, like that's awesome getting bacteria in. But if you're not detoxing the chemicals that are actually creating the messed up microbiome, Mm -hmm. uh, then I feel like we're kind of missing out and just full circle here, poisons in the gut, then create an environment or a terrain that then attracts parasites. So if you have parasites, it means you have poisons. If you have poisons, it means the microbiome is jacked up or messed up. And so really, I think there's only the benefits or the positive upside of pulling those out. Now, if you don't detox the chemicals, I mean, you're going to hit a wall too, right? It's not just clear the worms out. It's what's the source of the worms. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's interesting because the first time I heard about you, I did a hair scan on a client and it was one of the best hair DNA analyses I'd ever done. And I was like, what have you been doing? And, and she says, I've, I've been doing this, this protocol through this company called CellCore where it like cleans out everything that there's these phases of detoxification and parasite cleanses. And I've seen that several times where people have done your protocol and your protocols and I'm seeing these phenomenal results, right? So let's talk about, I'd like to talk about parasites and I'd like to talk about toxins because you guys don't just have parasitic cleanse, even though it's like, I actually used to use a different company's parasitic cleanse and now I use your guys's like primarily because it's so phenomenal. But how many people are dealing with parasites and, and gut issues, like things like this? Would you say, what are the numbers around that? Well, gut issues, I mean, it's like nine out of 10 people. (laughs) Yeah. Majority of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And even those that maybe don't believe they have gut issues, it doesn't mean that there's no issues per se down there. And I really think it's just because of our modern day environment. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at the EPA environmental protection agency and you go on their website and the latest stat that I've seen when I went on there a few months ago is that there's over 86,000 chemicals Mm -hmm. that are registered to the EPA. Hardly any of them have ever been studied, let alone how they interact with each other. And these are man-made chemicals. Now you might be saying, well, not all of them are active, right? It's Mm -hmm. 40 some thousand that are still active. Well, just because they're not actively producing a chemical anymore doesn't mean that it's not persisting in the environment because there's this thing called persistent organic pollutants, which means once it's made, I mean, it can hang around the environment for many, 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 many years and Mm -hmm. still be a factor. So if you just think about the fact that we live on one planet under one atmosphere and what happens in one part of the globe is going to affect us eventually here, 86,000 chemicals. And that's just what's registered in the United States. So what else is happening in other countries like China, India, Africa, you know, other industrial zones. And so to think like, oh, I don't need to detox. I've got a liver. I've got kidneys. That's what they're designed for. It's like, yeah, that that's what they're designed for. But unfortunately we've been, our bodies are becoming overwhelmed. They're becoming overburdened. And so because of that, I believe personally, this is just my thought, everybody's going to have some gut challenges Mm -hmm. and everybody's got parasites. And I know that's kind of like a big step, but when you look at the literature, uh, one of the most common ones that I've seen is a scarus lumbricoides. And Mm -hmm. in the literature, they estimate between 800 million 
to 1.2 billion people on this planet have a scarce lumbar coides, which was what I believe that, you know, those things I was pulling out of my rear end, I believe that's Mm. what those were, right? So if the population is, I don't know, what is it? Six, seven, eight billion. And Mm -hmm. you have up to, you know, let's just take a round number, 1 billion that have it according to this literature. I mean, that's already, you're looking at what, 20% of the population roughly, you know, maybe 15% just with that one type. But there's all kinds of other types of parasites. So there's different categories. There's cestodes, which are classically tapeworms. So there's, you know, like, dog tapeworms and dwarfs and pig and all, all kinds of different things within that category. Then you have nematodes, which is where the Ascaris lumbricoides comes in and you get the threadworms and all these different mm-hmm. subtypes under that. And then you have protozoa, which you can even classify sporozoa in, which are more blood-based. And then you have uh, trematodes, which are the liver flukes. And if anybody gets mm. any of that like pain in the liver, which is that front right quadrant automatically, yep. I have to rule out trematodes or liver flukes because they literally burrow, you know, and, and, and they'll cause that pain. It's gross to think about. So yeah. as you look at all the types that are out there, if just one type, a billion people on the planets, you know, if this mm-hmm. research is accurate or estimates is accurate, it's like, that's a lot of people. Yeah. How likely do you think are, is a stool test to pick up uh, parasites? What if somebody comes back and stool test detects nothing? What do you think is the likelihood that it's... <sighs> Very little. And I know that upsets people, especially if yeah. they like work for a lab or they're a really big fan of like, just run a stool test. But I have I mean, to agree with that. And there's, mm-hmm. there's two pieces to unpack here. So, and uh, the first one is they've done research where they take a stool analysis and look at the bacteria on the stool. And then they probe up into the intestinal tract and take a sample of the bacteria. And they were completely different. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, so what is that unpacking in my right. brain? And this is just where I'm at, I guess, in 2022, right? We always have the option to change our opinion, continue to learn, look mm-hmm. at research as it's coming out. But as of right now, I mean, that tells me that just whatever you're pooping out doesn't mean that that's identical reflective of what's in the intestine. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm thinking, well, that's what the body's wanting to push out or clear out. So, so when you think about that from a parasite standpoint, first of all, not all parasites are in the stool. Mm -hmm. There are ones that have full life cycles and are systemic in the body like threadworm or strongyloides, which I mean, even be life cycle in the lungs. So somebody that's coughing and hacking and phlegmy and sinuses, you know, let alone their burrow in the muscles. So if you work out and feel super sore afterwards, it's like, Mm -hmm. man, I crashed for a week and I'm just so sore. Why can't I work out? Well, you might be irritating a you know, strongyloides threadworm parasite in your muscle Mm -hmm. that's producing chemicals and then you react from it. So, so to think like a lab test is going to show them all, no way. The other, the other piece, well, there's a couple of pieces here. So there are mechanisms of parasites where when they die, they will release an enzyme. Certain ones will dissolve their body. And then I also believe it depends on the lab. So most labs are going to be running DNA sequencing, like PCR Mm -hmm. type testing. And there was research out uh, don't quote me because I'm just going off a of memory here. Yeah. I can go find the link for somebody that really needs it. But it was two or three years ago and we've published this out with our practitioners. So if somebody's a cell core practitioner, it's all in the back end. Mm-hmm. But two or three years ago, they did research and they looked at it was like 60 to 80 new or 60 to 80 different types of worms. And when they sequenced it, they found over a million new genes. And so if I'm using PCR, I'm basically looking for fragments of DNA or RNA 
and then extracting and, and trying to estimate it's probably this species. Well, when they sequenced just 60 or 80 critters, if you will, just a few years ago, they found over a million new genes. So it's like how many, mm-hmm. you know, critters are out there and how many have we actually like sequenced in that manner to identify compared to what we're actually looking at. And I, I just yeah. feel like we're looking at like a couple pieces of hay and there's a whole bale, you know, mm-hmm. or a whole, you know, if you will. That is such a good answer. It's so funny because I have a lot of clients that will come to me and be like, can I do some GI map or something? And I always hesitate because I'm like, uh, like you can if you want, but like you said, I just don't think it's consistent. And, and so I'm so glad you really like you nailed that. So the majority of us, like all of us probably need to do some kind of gut cleanse, need to do some, at least once in our life, do a parasite cleanse. Cause I even think of like having pets, you know, we let our dogs lick our faces and our cats. And, and I mean, one of my most favorite parasites is the Toxoplasma Gandhi. Have you heard of that? That one that mm-hmm. is administered by cats, and um, I read somewhere. And correct me I love if I'm how you wrong. You said one of my favorite parasites. <laughs> well, no, you because you just said one of my favorite parasites. What? No, because we've actually mentioned this on the podcast before. Um, when people are infected with this parasite, it actually makes them love cats more. And so, you know, you think of like the crazy cat lady, and it's like they probably have this parasite. You know, they don't just have two cats; they have like ten. Is this true? Right? So there, I don't. I'm pretty sure it is, but Jay, you can probably uh correct me if i'm wrong but there's there's certain parasites that you can see in nature that makes animals stop running from their predators and so anyways i will find some links and put it in the show notes for people to read up more about <laughs> about it but there, but go ahead i will say there is some pretty crazy research on toxoplasma gandhi mm-hmm. like um men in this one piece of literature because i know dr todd watts has talked about this before in his parasite presentations but for men, it makes them riskier. Uh, same thing with females. So they, they do more dangerous things. Oh my and then gosh. even be a little bit more promiscuous, right? Not mm-hmm. as uh, locked in with your significant other. So no. and, and, wow. it, and when you think about this, there's a book written called Your Brain on Parasites. I forget the <gasps> author's name, but it's like a black cover. Rad. And it talks about all the literature, especially with parasites and like animals and insects and things mm-hmm. and how when parasites, the research that they did, finds that when a parasite is there, it actually changes your personality. Yes. So things where you're, you're like doing them and you're like, that's not me. Yeah. There's probably something else there that is Mm -hmm. modifying who you really are. Right. No. And, and that is consistent with what I was saying. Like when mice are infected with this certain parasite, they stop running away from cats or something like that. Like parasites, like you said, they literally change your brain chemistry. It's, it's really fascinating. And I, that's going to be my next book that I read because that sounds really cool. That's Um, interesting. Yeah. So, so the conclusion is we probably all need to do a parasite cleanse at some point in our lives. Would you say about once a year, I tell my clients at least once a year, like let's do a parasite cleanse, like let's clean it out. But what would be your recommendation? It really depends on the mm-hmm. person, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, the idea too, is we're not trying to eliminate every single worm mm-hmm. parasite within your body, right? Just mm-hmm. like we're not trying to kill every bacteria, right? And, you know, we kind of made some mistakes in more of the modern medicine, mm-hmm. you know, years ago, and maybe we can't even live in that still now where we have to kill everything. It's like, no, right. you're made of microbes. But it's the thing I've seen clinically is that parasite load will build up. Mm. And that's what 
I mean, shows that your terrain inside your body mm-hmm. is not well. Right. And one of the most important things to do is to bring that load mm-hmm. down and then just do some periodic cleansing to keep it down. So mm-hmm. it's not as if you're going to get rid kill of everything complete, and eliminate completely. everything, but it's just keeping that in check because mm-hmm. um, it's all about harmony and balance. So yeah. I usually, if somebody's got health issues, I'm looking at generally four months straight of mm-hmm. parasite cleansing yeah. because you have to understand parasites lay eggs. And so you might clear them out. And probably the best example is my original story of pulling them out of my rear mm-hmm. end. Well, the next about 45 days, there was piles of like five to seven inch ones. Man. And then also all of a sudden they stopped and I was like, Oh, thank goodness. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Right. And like a few weeks in, about a month later, I'm like, I feel like I should go back on that mimosa pudica seed, you know, the para one mm. boom piles of them again. I'm like, what the heck? And then they stopped. I'm like, Oh, I'm yeah. done. Right. And then I had that feeling again. And there was piles again when I went back on, I'm like, okay, so clearly we have to be persistent and consistent, yeah. especially early on to, you know, bring that load down because there's, there's the life cycle of the eggs and the larvae and the adult, you know, right. male, female stages and hatching and things like that, which seems to be, seems to be tied even with the moon, which is interesting, kind of like females menstrual cycles, you know, there's big impact mm-hmm. on, on, on the moon. I think probably just cause you know, full moon water tides change. If anybody lives by the ocean, well, majority of our body is hydrogen and oxygen and right. carbon. And so hydrogen, oxygen, H2O together is, is water. So a lot of our bodies made out of water. So I think that could be possibly an impact of it, but. Mm -hmm. So we've spoken a lot about parasites. I want to kind of turn more to like your carbon technology with the fulvic acid, the humic acid, you know, your poly electrolytes, that's fairly unique. And it's, it's kind of like a new world that people are opening up to. Can you teach the audience a little bit about the science and research behind that and how it makes it different, like how that brings a different kind of detoxification process in the body? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a big, uh, probably saying this too many times, it's a big thing to unpack, but I guess overview as you look at fulvic acid, fulvic acid is within humic acid. Mm-hmm. Humic acid is thousands of years breakdown of plant matter that basically turns into this molecule. So you have all these plant derived minerals jazzed into it and all this energy potential essentially. So it's just a natural thing. So some people say, well, it's just dirt or soil. It's like, well, no, it's, I mean, it's really plant matter that's decayed Mm -hmm. that maybe then gets turned into what can appear like soil, but essentially a humic acid is a long chain carbon. And the biggest thing to understand about that is it just stays in your gut then because it's too big of a molecule, long chain carbon. And then when you extract in order to actually get the fulvic acid out So if somebody says, oh, I'm taking a humic and fulvic acid supplement and it's pure black, Mm. pure black or the darker it is, is usually humics or humates, humic acid, but you're not actually, your body's not going to utilize the fulvic acid unless it's extracted. So fulvic is basically part of humic. You got to extract them. And then if you want both of them in a product, you got to bring them back together. Otherwise, Mm. if it's just humic where there's fulvic inside, you're never accessing the fulvic. So the fulvic is a small chain carbon. And what that means basically is that it'll cross the gut barrier and it'll go intracellularly and inside the body, you know, and all over in the body. And so looking at fulvic, it's really the ultimate adaptogen. So different scientists like Dr. Murr, M-I-R, I think he's based out of Idaho. He's talked about that when you actually look at the fulvic acid molecule, it has 
one. And then if you put 26 zeros after it, which I mean, it's way too big for an iPhone calculator. Like it's such a mm-hmm. huge number. He says, that's basically the different possibilities that the fulvic acid molecule has to interact, wow. create a reaction or initiate a reaction. And so easiest example I say is if you're trapped in a room and you got one door to get out and there's one lock on it, you know, if I come over with a set of uh, 10 keys and I'm like, well, I hope one of these keys works, right? But Gina comes over and she's got a set of one with 26 zeros after mm. a keys. Besides how long it would take maybe to sort through the keys, right? As we think about the analogy in the head, chances are Gina's probably going to get out that door because she's going to be able to, you know, match that lock. And that's basically what fulvic acid is. So when people talk about adaptogenic herbs or adaptogenic type, you know, things like ashwagandha, rhodiola, Mm-hmm. The list kind of goes on, especially in the adrenal category. Uh, fulvic acid is really the ultimate adaptogen. And so as we look at the ultimate adaptogen, it also, from a science standpoint, ha- uh, creates the strongest bonding. So in science, we look at ionic bonds and we look at covalent. And so if I'm looking at a DMSA or a DMPS or an EDTA or even an ALA, which are kind of used for heavy metal detox yeah. or, you know, they'll say chelation. Yes. Well, technically from a chemistry standpoint, the word chelate isn't a double thiol group, you know, sulfur, hydrogen, double thiol claw <laughs> thing that, you know, Dr. Cutler made up a chelator means that it's a covalent bond, mm-hmm. which is the strongest bond. And so like DMSA, EDTA, DMPS, ALA, the ones I mentioned before, those all make ionic bonds. And that's the easiest analogy is I'm holding hands. Mm-hmm. versus if it's a covalent bond, then I'm interlocking my elbows. Oh. Kind of like when somebody walks down the aisle, right? Yeah. They're like, Phew. and that interlocking of the elbows, that's a covalent bond. That is the strong. ultimate strongest bond. Mm-hmm. And fulvic also has the ability to do other things like complexation and other types of binding, but just kind of keeping it simple, covalent versus ionic. Covalent, once it bonds, it's it's on there, it's right? There. So even if there's small amounts of certain trace metals or even heavy metals within a fulvic or humic, it's usually going to be on a humic Mm -hmm. because it's covalent bond. It's not going to release in the body. It's not, you know, it's not Mm. 2000 degrees within the body. And so that's why we actually find that that works so well for heavy metal detoxification because it's almost like a magnet, right? Like attracts like, Mm. and because it's not going to release from the humic, you know, or humate molecule, you're not going to get toxic. Like they've done studies on fulvic acid and humic acid. Mm -hmm. And like, so we have a product, uh, HMET binder. Mm. And we did the math on one of the literatures where they were doing 5,000 milligrams per kilogram of fulvic and they found no adverse events, no symptoms and no toxicity. Amazing. And this is on rats, but if you equate it to a human being and it granted, they're not testing HMET, but just for an example, that would be equivalent to taking five bottles of HMET binder per day. And they found no toxicity, no adverse events, nothing. Right. So you look at it, it's like, wow, this is really a safe molecule. So mm-hmm. things are just, uh, things are just really interesting when you start getting into that world, because you realize mm-hmm. that fulvic can also, it's amphoteric. So it can either donate an electron or take one. It can donate a hydrogen ion or a proton or take one. It can also be very high in oxygen, which really, again, when you're looking at the body, 93% of our body is carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. Yeah. 3% is nitrogen. So vast majority of our body is carbon, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen. Mm-hmm. Less than 4% is minerals. Well, the backbone of fulvic and humic is carbon, hydrogen, oxygen. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of taking the building blocks of the body, not a, let alone they also are carrying trace minerals with them too. Yeah. 
That's it's wow. it's really phenomenal. Like the the science behind this, and like what I've seen in my clients, uh, Doctor J. Uh, it's you've worked with Lyme people in the past, and my clinic, Prova Health, actually has hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and we're opening them up probably by the time that this is released. But our Lyme protocol that we used to do with like hyperbarics and detoxification and ozone therapy was solid, but as I am revamping our Lyme protocol to get it started again, like it's going to be crucial for all Lyme patients and all my really sick clients to actually start the cell core protocol. Could you tell people, because you've dealt with Lyme a lot in the past and you know a lot about it. Why is everyone treating Lyme wrong? Do you think? Because I'll give you my quick opinion. We're not cleaning the terrain, right? And so we need to start with detoxification before we actually deal with the Lyme, right? And I remember talking with one of your guys' reps, Wes, who who was like telling me, teaching me all about your guys' protocols and whatnot in conjunction with Lyme. Can you give us um, a little bit of an explanation with how this technology and these detox protocols, like for all those people that have Lyme and that are ill, how should they be going about it? Yeah. Well, shout out to Wes Watts too. He was, yes. I think he was like team member number 11. So he's been around for he's a long phenomenal. time. And, and of course, nephew to Dr. Todd Watts, hence the, the same so last good. name. But um, when you're looking at Lyme disease, I, I feel like it's just a lack of awareness. You know, it mm-hmm. becomes kind of like what keto did, what gluten did, you know, it just becomes a hot topic, heavy mm-hmm. metals, right. In the alternative health world. And it just becomes this thing that just kind of everybody starts talking about and then Mm -hmm. everybody mimics everybody else and it becomes a stronger message, Mm -hmm. even if the underlying foundation isn't really there. And so as we just start to unpack things, the question I always to be asking is if I'm dealing with Lyme disease, what's the source? Because it's very clear in the literature that Lyme disease pleomorphs into an intracellular form to more of a ball sphere form to a spiral keat you know, spiral shaped. I mean, that's all over the literature. Mm-hmm. It's also all over the literature that Bartonella pleomorphs, that Babesia pleomorphs. Can you explain to people stri- what pleomorph means? Oh, yes. So pleomorph <laughs> means that the organism changes form in response to the environment. So mm-hmm. easiest example, let's just say everyone, and I know this is like very disruptive, but let's say everybody has dormant Lyme disease in their body. Mm-hmm. And the only way it activates is through a stressor to cause it to pleomorph. Mm. So let's say that you're exposed to glyphosate, which is a very good Mm. trigger for Lyme Mm. disease. And all of a sudden you have the Lyme bacteria out ravaging around. Yeah. You try to kill Lyme, but if we don't start thinking about, well, what triggers that? What Mm -hmm. triggers the pleomorphism? Mm -hmm. Because there is an idea that you can catch something from outside of you through a partner through an animal, like you mentioned, a cat or a dog, right? But there's this also idea that everything's pretty much inside of us. Yeah. And it really depends on our terrain and mm-hmm. in, in, in how things react. And so if I just try to kill the bug, this is why people, they go on antibiotics. Yep. And what is antibiotic? Anti-life, when you break yeah. the word down, all that means is it's a poison. Mm-hmm. And so how does taking a poison equate to that I'm going to get well and healthy, right? How right. does taking a poison yep. that damages your mitochondria, which is really the yep. core of your cell, which is where the word cell core biosciences comes from, right? How does that equate to long-term health? And what I've yes. seen over the years being in the chronic Lyme disease world for a long time and helping a lot of people over the years is, you know, they go on killers, whether it's herbal or 
pharmaceutical or a combination. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they stop them, things start creeping back and they start crashing again and they have to go back on them. And it's like, if you clear out Lyme, it shouldn't come back. If it keeps coming back, that means that that's not the real source. And that's where I just, it's thinking about going to the next level toxicity. And then also for Lyme specifically, you have to look at what is protecting it. Dr. Alan McDonald, and people can Google this. Dr. Alan McDonald found that within parasites, that uh, certain types of parasites, that Lyme disease will live safely. Mm-hmm. So think about this. I'm in my room and I'm, which is inside my house. Mm-hmm. And all you're trying to do is kill my room, but you can't even get through the front door. Yeah. Like how am I really ever supposed to bring Lyme down if it's being protected within something? Right. Yep. right? And this is that idea that like parasites or the Trojan horse. They've shown mm-hmm. in literature all kinds of different bacteria, mm-hmm. all kinds of different viruses or exosomes, depending on your belief on that. They've even shown parasites produce those, but they'll be inside, right? Different types of fungi, different, basically different critters will be within parasites. So if you don't yeah. cleanse parasites, how can you really ever get rid get of the rid critters of that are inside of them? That totally makes sense. And I'm so glad that you explained that because when it comes to your guys's protocols, you don't start with just killing Lyme. You start with like cleaning out everything, the toxins, like all the things. And so, so thank you for explaining that. So when it comes to Lyme, what should people expect? What should they be? What are the questions they should be asking? What should they expect? Where should they start? Well, I mean, just even in general, not just for Lyme disease, but the question to ask always is what's the source of what I'm going through? Mm -hmm. Because if all you're being diagnosed with is gastritis or you're just being told, well, you have Lyme disease, like Lyme's just part of it. It, It's never the cause. It's never by itself. There's always other things going on. A lot of times you'll see Lyme disease and all these co-infections. It's like, Mm -hmm. is it really a bug issue or is it immune system dysfunction that is led through some other type of stressor? And the best analogy is really what Dr. Todd Watts has, has kind of demonstrated before is you, you know, let's say this is how much I can handle, right. Is in my hand. Mm Mm-hmm. And I put a book on it, right? That's, Mm -hmm. I got in a fight with my spouse this morning. I um, got exposed to some different chemicals. I just keep piling the books up. Well, eventually the books are going to be so heavy on my arm or hand that I just can't handle it. And then Mm -hmm. that's eventually when symptoms finally come and you're like, oh, it was that that caused all my issues. No, it's probably just, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back per Mm -hmm. se. And so Lyme is just a piece of it. Most times I see Lyme disease where there, uh, where people are drinking radioactive elements in their water supply. Mm. So if you Google radium belt, you'll see there's a whole strip in Wisconsin where there's high radium, very high radium in the water supply, wow. which also coincides with a very high Lyme disease endemic area where there's tons of cases. It's like, well, what are radioactive elements? Radioactive elements are one of the most damaging type chemicals that you can have in your body, damaging mitochondria, suppressing your immune system. So of course, could you have pathogens or infection issues? Yeah. But again, it's even if you have some expensive filtration system and it's not getting it out, you think I'm, I'm in the health world, right? Or I'm, I'm taking control of my health Mm -hmm. and yet you're drinking, you know, chemicals in your water. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to, you have to get to the place where there's no more chemicals in your water. So your body can start clearing out what's been built up. Well, and isn't this like so infuriating that we actually live in a world where we're drinking radioactive 
sludge, right? We're drinking toxins. Like this is why the the work that your company does is so important. And that's why this technology is so important is because, and I'm not one to instill fear, right? Like we don't, we don't want to people reacting from fear, like, oh, my water isn't safe. But this is the reality that we live in, that we we don't have, you know, we don't have a government that is protecting us uh, with clean water and clean air. I mean, I live in Utah and wintertime, like the air is so bad. It's like Beijing. You know what I mean? Like we have to like, you know, like call a spade a spade and be like, yeah, we kind of live in a toxic environment. And thank heavens we have tools that we can help clean our bodies with and, you know, like clean these things out and support our immune systems and support our bodies because this is just this is just where we're at correct yeah we're just we're exposed to it Mm -hmm. as far as like oh i want to test my water for radioactive elements the one big one to look at is radium Mm -hmm. it is a bone seeking radioactive element it's really the cause of osteoporosis it's Mm -hmm. really the cause of why people have lead heavy metal in their body because the body actually holds on to the lead wow. to try to offset the ionizing radiation that the radioactive Jeez. element radium is giving off. So if you try to detox lead without clearing out radioactive elements, I, I think you're actually creating more, more issues. Wow. So that's a very disruptive topic, but, wow. and then wow. and it's not just Midwest EPA found that 80% of Texas water supply mm-hmm. and Texas is a big state. 80% has toxic levels of radium in it. And so if you want to, you know, Let's go test radium. Well, mm-hmm. the only people that have access to test radium right now in the water supply is the government. So there's not a lab. And I hope there are labs eventually that allow that. But again, I had, I have a friend five houses down from me. He's an emergency room medical doctor. IQ off the chart, right? Super smart. And I told him like your Berkey's not getting all the chemicals in the water. Mm-hmm. Just telling you, man, mm-hmm. he sends it in for testing. He tests for three chemicals, mm-hmm. chlorine, which showed up negative, which is awesome. Berkey's yeah. getting fluoride, which is not in Puerto Rico water where I'm living right now. Mm-hmm. And then I forget the other one and it was negative. And he's like, see, my water's clean. I'm like, mm, there's, there's over 86,000 chemicals registered the EPA mm-hmm. and you're testing three of them thinking that everything's out of the water. Like, dude, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure yeah. out. There's no lab testing I've ever found that even tests over 150 chemicals. So even if it's clear of 150, you're still not guaranteed out of the 86,000 that you're fine. Right. So a lot of people are probably going to be asking, what filter do you use? (laughs) Do you use RO? Uh, No, no. RO. So, and this is very disruptive and just take this with a grain of salt, Mm -hmm. right? And just breathe for a moment because I know this is like, people (laughs) People are getting really anxious (laughs) right now. This is good. But think about this. I don't sell what I'm going to talk about. Mm -hmm. I don't have any affiliation with it. Mm -hmm. So why in the heck would I be talking about it if it wasn't impactful? And I owned all kinds of ionizers. I owned all kinds of whole house water filtration systems. Mm -hmm. I've owned Berkey with the white filters and all this. And basically what it comes down to, the most important thing for your water is make sure there's no chemicals in it. And I don't know if there's a perfect thing out there But the best thing that we found, especially, and our scientists had been telling Dr. Todd and I for many, for many years, Mm -hmm. and it finally, like we had a life experience that showed it is water distillation. Mm -hmm. Because think about this, if I'm using Mm -hmm. RO or I'm using some carbon filter or ionizer, all I'm doing is I'm trying to separate the contaminants from the water where when I'm using water distillation, which is just a natural process that happens, right? Water evaporates from the ocean or a lake, 
condensates into a cloud and then, you know, precipitates comes down. That's basically all water distillation is. What happens is you're looking at, it's a different phase that it's actually separating the water from the contaminants. And the only thing that'll come up with that are volatile organic compounds or VOCs, which Mm -hmm. you could mop up simply just with a carbon filter, right? So as Mm -hmm. long as the water distillation drips over a carbon pod or through some carbon, like that's the cleanest water I found. Now people might be asking, well, what about, you know, structuring your water or the fourth phase of water or this and that. And it's like, I'm all for, you want to vortex your water, you want to energize it, you want to structure it. Awesome. Just make sure you're starting off with water that that's there's no contaminated. Mm-hmm. So water yep. distillation, like what company sells, sells that? Um, so I, I think there's many companies out there. When I was doing my own research, I just came across this company. They're based out of the U S it's called mypurewater.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just bought a countertop unit. Cause I'm like, I'm going to mm-hmm. give this a shot. And I remember mm-hmm. when I ordered it, my wife's like, great, what are you buying now? You know, I'm like, no, we're going to try this. <laughs> and my wife, after we moved to Puerto Rico, we've been here almost four years now, mm-hmm. but just a few months after two or three months after she started getting like clogged ears and like almost Anytime she talked, it sounded like she was underwater, Mm. tried all kinds of natural stuff, even went down the route with my, one of my best friends, who's the ER medical room doctor next door. He's like, Oh, that's a, that's a, that's an infection. You can take an antibiotic. And it's like, Mm. we're, I mean, personally, just not huge fans. Right. And I even feel guilty, but she tried that and it didn't even touch it. And I was like, gosh, what is it? And Dr. Todd doing some testing. He's like, it's, it's a chemical she's drinking. You know, and I was like, ah, oh, we use Berkey with the white filters. It's not right. Come back eight months later. I'm like, Todd, test her, you know, see what you're finding. And, and he found the same thing. He's like, didn't I tell you that? I'm like, and I, I finally got mad enough where I'm like, fine, I'm <laughs> getting a water distillation unit. Right. I'm just, I'm just mm-hmm. pissed at this point. Yeah. And within the first week, my daughter's tummy aches, which I just thought were kind of more emotional. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, more of a sensitive butterfly, just an amazing child, very gifted. Mm-hmm. Her tummy aches disappear. And I was like, is it the water within a month? Heather's ears that were basically plugged Mm. for like a year and a half straight, nothing changed. It started crackling and then just slowly cleared up. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. we've been drinking it the entire time. Yeah. And that was the point where I'm like, if you're not drinking distilled water and you're like, I feel like I hit a wall. I feel like I can't get better. You're probably drinking poisons or toxins and it's creating an environment that's not allowing the body to thrive. And that is an amazing place to start. That's, that's crazy. And I'm so grateful you shared that with us because there is, there's this huge debate about filters right now and who's right and who's wrong. And um, everything you're saying makes so much sense. Dr. J uh, there, man, I, I want to pick your brain for hours and hours and hours. Is there anything that you want listeners to know about once again, your guys's science and technology with detoxification, like it helps support natural detoxification it's very selective with its binding. It's so versatile. It does all these amazing things, which is why it's such a great detoxification um, product and tool. Are there any, should people be mindful when they start the programs? Could they be detoxing too fast? Or is there any guidance that you can give people when they start a, a detox program, things that they should look out for? So one of our practitioners and a really good friend of Dr. Todd and friend of mine as well too, Dr. Jabin Moore, I think his quote says it best. He's like, the great thing of Cellcor products is that they work. Mm-hmm. The thing you have to be careful with though, is that they 
work. And that's, that's really why we are a practitioner brand is, you know, having the Mm -hmm. assistance of a practitioner to help guide you through order, what to take, dosing, all that stuff, I think is, I think is very beneficial. Now there are people that just want to do it on their own and awesome. It's just, there's a big learning curve. And a lot of what I found, especially being in, in the education side and protocols and things with Cellcor is that there's a lot of unlearning that has to happen and relearning Mm -hmm. and not everybody's always ready for that. And it can take some time because we've kind of been indoctrinated with certain topics. I mean, the pH thing could be a 20 minute discussion, right? Right. The whole acid versus alkaline and how that's really been mistranslated. I Mm -hmm. I mean, the glutathione topic is the glutathione actually getting inside your cell or is the body having to digest the amino acids And then Mm -hmm. somehow transport it to the brain and reassemble those, you know, amino acids to make more glutathione. It's like, well, research really doesn't back that up, right? How how you make glutathione is recycling it. And what do you need? Mm -hmm. Hydrogen. So Mm -hmm. it's like you need to take things that have high energy, uh, you know, hydrogen, oxygen and electrons, like I mentioned. So it's just there's there's just more out there. And that's. I mean, I'm researching every day. I, yeah. I was looking up the clock. I'm like, oh, I got an interview soon. I, I don't know if this is a video or an audio. I'm like, oh, I hope my hair is okay, right? <laughs> um, but it's so exciting because every day we're, we're putting more of the pieces together because yeah. really the goal is that if we can get our health back, we mm-hmm. can get our body restored to function optimally, we can handle all kinds of stress mm-hmm. that's thrown at us. Yes. And the last couple of years has really shown the need of, if we just have our health, like the world can be a different place. When we lose our health, man, it can go into chaos. And so us being well, we can impact our communities. We can impact the people we're around. We can lift them up so we can get out of what we're experiencing on this planet right now and Mm -hmm. really move into a bigger, bigger place. So with that, I mean, we're always, we're always, um, you know, behind the scenes of Cellcore kind of challenging, like, Mm -hmm. well, this is what's taught out there. This is what I thought. It's like, we always want to even just challenge the foundation. Is that really it? Right. Is that true? And maybe it is, maybe it's not. If it's not, then it's like, okay, we need to open our eyes of what have we been missing? Yeah. And and I, I really believe that if you can get the mitochondria of your cell, which mm-hmm. are basically smaller than your cell, there's a ton of them inside your cell from, I mean, red blood cells technically don't have any but uh, most right. cells have between a hundred to a thousand or 2000. There's certain brain cells that have up to 2 million per right. cell. So we're talking these mitochondria that make energy. If they get damaged, then dysfunction, dis- disease, right? All this just, you know, your body's function right. goes down. So if we can lift mitochondria function up and then remove the source of what's trying to damage the mitochondria, you will see astronomical changes in your health. And this isn't just, taking a supplement. This is also where are you at mentally, emotionally, where are you at activity wise, Mm -hmm. right? Like even spiritually, I mean, it all comes together into the being that you are walking on this planet. And the more that you can kind of look at all pieces, put them together in the right order, which I think anybody that's a trained cell core practitioner like yourself, I mean, can assist you and and speed the journey Mm -hmm. up. Like life's going to change. You know, it's interesting. And I'm so glad you answered it like that because it is such a like a fantastic protocol. And I probably get like at least one person a week or a client a week who's working with someone else. And they're saying, Hey, I'm on phase two of the cell core detox program. And I'm feeling all of these things. And I'm like, well, are you being supported by your, by the person that's recommended this? And they're like, 
no, I haven't been able to get a hold of them. And I'm like, and so I'm, I'm having to coach people. I'm like, you have to slow down. You're detoxing too fast. Like, I really appreciate that. You're like, yeah, you actually need to be working with someone, right? Like make sure that you're careful, make sure that someone who's knowledgeable and trained is helping you every step of the way, which is a good segue. Um, I've been wanting to do this for months. I've been talking with Wes who works with you guys since November about launching like a free detox class, talking about detoxification, why it's important, parasite cleanse cleanses, and how you can go about it in a healthy way, right? And then having people say, here, like here, schedule with my coaches to help you with that. Like get started now, work with a coach once a month, or like have a 15 minute call with them every other week to check in and see how you're doing, right? Because I feel like that's a very responsible way of going about it versus like just finding an influencer who has like a, a cell core code and then you're doing a detox and you don't know what you're doing, right? So I want to put that out there, you guys, that I will be announcing on Instagram. I'll be sending out an email or it will be in the show notes because I'll probably have had it by now. Look in the show notes for that free class that I'm going to be teaching you guys about detoxing in a really good, healthy way. Things to look for, things to to be mindful of as you are embarking on your healing journey, because we can't just like willy-nilly do it, right? So um, I appreciate you saying that, Dr. J. Any other words of wisdom you want to tell people or leave people with before we wrap up today? And again, Listeners, what a treat to have this, to, to have Dr. J. Davidson on to tell us these amazing things. You are really, I love how you say you're not the brains behind Cellcore and yet you're still a genius, right? And I know it takes a team, but you, like you, you brought this team together, right? Together with Dr. Todd Watt. So any last words of advice before we, we wrap this up? Yeah, the, I guess the two biggest things is knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, knowledge can be power, but understand that it's the imperfect action or the implementation that'll move you forward in life. So if you can acquire knowledge and then Mm -hmm. also figure out how can I implement this as quickly as possible, safely, um, you are going to start moving forward and just take one step at a time. You don't see this, the top of the staircase. You just see maybe the next step or two. And as you take that next step or two, then the next steps reveal themselves. So Mm -hmm. just continue your journey. Or if you haven't really embarked on a health journey, like start on it, because as you look back in six months, a year, 10 years, you're going to realize, wow, how far I came Mm -hmm. and how far I've gone. And just, it's going to be so inspiring just to keep moving forward. Yes. Thank you so much. This this has been an probably one of my most favorite recorded episodes. This has been so, so enlightening. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your knowledge with us and for creating such an incredible product and company that is helping like hundreds of thousands, thousands and thousands of people. I don't know how many people are using it, but it's, it's a lot. So thank you, Dr. J. Um, listeners, thank you for checking in and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.